0: Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I am Josh Reed of the Red Pill Project, filling in for Sean Morgan. The summer is heating up. Things are getting crazier by the day, from Hunter Hacks, Incompetent Joe, to chaotic financial collapse. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. Kirk Elliott to get a better understanding of our financial outlook. Then we'll be joined by Graham Lenger for our weekly update, and then Victor Avila, former supervisory special agent with ICE and author of the book, Agent Under Fire. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose Meteor censorship right now, making sense of the madness. All right. Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. You know, there's a lot of things happening in the world with threats and talks of World War III and nuclear war. Well, we had this new public service announcement come out in New York City. Now, this is pretty crazy. We haven't seen anything really like this probably since September 11th in the threat of bio and warfare, or even really in the nuclear sense since the 1980s. Let's roll this video right here of this New York City public service announcement. And check it out. <laughs>
1: So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement, head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got
0: this. All right, you don't got this. Because if you did any of those steps in the advent of a nuclear blast, you'll be dead. This is very similar to the the 1960s and the 70s where they would tell kids, if you see the big flash of light, just get into the fetal position and crawl under your desk. What they're not telling you is you want to get down below beneath massive feet of concrete as fast as possible. My father used to tell me, if you see that big flash of light, you better just run towards it because you're probably already dead. Um, But you know what? This is more propaganda and fear A mongering that we're seeing coming from the liberal left, we're seeing coming from our government, and the perpetuation of this fear is only going to increase as the days and months and weeks come forth. And you know what? Who do we have to blame for all this? Well, I wouldn't say that it's us but I would definitely say that it is these people that are perpetuating this agenda the deep state which the uh the head puppet right now is Joe Biden and you know we have the illegitimate occupation of the White House the belligerent occupation of the White House by this buffoon right here whose approval rating has just hit a whopping 33% and this is the man that is leading the liberal world Order, Or as Vladimir Putin calls it, totalitarian liberalism. And we're going to see a lot more of mistakes from him. And you know what, The, the Democrats don't even want him on the 2024 billet. And the rumors are circulating that President or that Governor Gavin Newsom is next in line. He's already campaigning in Florida and Utah, and Nancy Pelosi's nephew is going to make a run for the White House, and they'll probably just try to steal that election like they did in 2020, and as well as his recall election. If you uh, have heard, Hunter Biden's iCloud allegedly has been hacked. Now, we're not sure if this was someone who created an iCloud account, backed up Hunter Biden's laptop images, and all that uh, his laptop stuff, and then is saying that they hacked it. But it seems to be there is some new videos. This one we had not seen before. Let's play this just short clip right here of him arguing with a hooker. I just laid out
2: the bag. It's 2.06. 2.07 without the bag.
3: So how long is Two
0: point well, and you know, a multimillionaire son of the president of the United States of America, that's not the type of place that I would probably want to be staying in. That place was garbage and trash. And yes, that's rock cocaine because Hunter... Loves his rock. And so what we're seeing come out of this uh, this new drop of data is really nothing new. It just seems to be the same old, same old hunter. But you've got to remember, this is the same guy that negotiated with the top spy chief in China who has financial deals with some of the most largest financial corporations out of China, Ukraine, Europe. And so it just baffles me how someone of that stature could sink this low in wh- well whatever Hunter's going through. So, you know, in one sense, I feel bad for the guy. In the other sense, I hope that he comes forth and actually starts talking. Um, his cell phone number was leaked in this. And yes, we did text him to try to get him up here. And you know what? What is this all heading towards? We have 33% approval ratings for Joe Biden. We have Hunter Biden, a crack addict who's working behind the scenes, taking in and laundering money for Joe Biden and the Biden crime family. Then we had the World Economic Forum, the globalists moving towards a dystopian future. You know, there's a satire video out there I wanted to play for you that gives you an idea of kind of what we're headed towards. No meat. You will own nothing and you will love it. Let's play this video of this dystopian future real quick.
1: You will own nothing and you will be happy. Your weekly rental smart contract will automatically execute in 72 hours. Please ensure that your personal wallet is appropriately funded. Your scheduled Uber ride share will arrive in 10 minutes.
4: number 22177? New transfer? Yes. Good. Look up. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of your new work pod? Pretty nice, right? Yeah.
3: It's a bit cramped though.
4: <laughs> Oof. That's bad speak. I'll let you sort it out. See you at the mandatory Shibuya roll call dance later today. Yikes!
1: You have violated your employment smart contract. Replaying offending speech. It's a bit cramped, though. This statement is in direct contradiction with the verified Snopes fact that open office 2.0 work pods are comfortably spacious, combining the safety of closed cubicles with the communal spirit of open office environments have been deducted 20 good boy tokens from your weekly income. Warning! Projected weekly income is insufficient to meet your weekly rental payment. Please ensure that your wallet is appropriately funded within the next 68 hours.
2: Now... Oh. Oh. Uh.
0: oh my god. <sighs> right? I don't know. that. That's the dystopian future that I do not want to live in and that we're fighting against, where they control everything from the amount of water that you have when you take a shower, the amount of energy utilization that you have, where you live because you will own nothing, which means that you will not own property or a house, how you transport from place to place, your work being directly connected to your personal life, what you say being fact-checked on the spot. That is not the place I want to want to live in that is not a world i want to see and that's what we're fighting about that's why we're here at american media periscope that's why we're here at making sense of the madness doing what we do to get this information out to you to avoid those types of worlds that the agenda 2030 group is wanting to usher in we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with dr kirk elliott to get our financial update for
4: the week we'll be right back
3: Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this
2: is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware
3: Call 720-605-3900 or visit
0: KirkElliottPhD.com. Welcome back to Making Sense of the Madness. Dr. Kirk Elliott, dual PhD economist, founder of KirkElliottPhD.com. Kirk, what is up, my man? How are we doing? I'm doing
2: awesome. Sorry, I don't have the normal studio behind me, but I'm traveling today, so... You know what? You get a hotel room today as my studio. but Well, that works are, for us. Man. Yeah, things are getting a little bit crazy. So what's very interesting, Josh, so you and I have talked about this on Red Pill for the last half a year. I've been talking about what I'm going to talk about with Sean. I'm making sense of the madness for, for a little over about a year now, but... What we're talking about is the movement, the kind of transcending into a gold-backed currency, right? So there's steps. I think the end result, the end game of everything that we're seeing in this collapse that we're seeing is if you listen to Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, People, World Bank, IMF, is a great reset. It's all about people control, right? That's, that's, it's not a reset of, of individual freedom, it's a reset that basically gives all of our freedoms to the government. That's what the Great Reset is about. But yet there's, there's another reset that's happening, and that's a financial freedom reset where, where this era of central banks is, is in its twilight. Printing money by fiat, you know, basically by decree, is going the way of the dodo bird. It, it's, it's lost its time in the sun. And overall, globally, people are seeing, oh, my word, We've been lied to by the central banks, by governments, and something has to change, right? So what is the change that's being proposed is a gold-backed currency, right? Well, in, in in American law, you know, our code, the, the U.S. code, that actually couldn't exist because Nixon closed the gold window in, in 1971, Basically, no international settlements could be traded in gold or silver, right? So so how in the world could you make international payments a currency that's backed by gold? You really couldn't until July 6th. So July 6th, the House basically omitted two sections of the U.S. code. So people can look this up. If you go to 12 U.S.C. sections 95A to 95B, they omitted them, and this law took effect on July 10th, so just two days ago, right? So what did, what did they omit? Here's, here's the language. It says, so what they omitted was, these, these paragraphs said, which related to regulation of transactions in, of, in foreign exchange of gold and silver, property transferred, vested interest, enforcement and penalties was omitted from the US code. So what does that do? It actually says, no, now you can have international settlements and transactions that are done in gold because they took out the provision that says you can't do it in gold and silver. So now for literally the first time since 1971, when Nixon closed the gold window, the house, the US house just eliminated those two sections that said international settlements can't be done in gold and silver. So now international settlements can be done in gold and silver which paves the way for a gold-backed currency. Everything that you and I have been talking about, everything that Sean and I have been talking about, this is amazing. Now, I'm not saying that this is, this is going to happen tomorrow, right? But on July 10th, this, this became effective. So moving forward from today, well, from July 10th moving forward, really, you could have a gold-backed currency at any point which currency is used for international transactions, right? It's not gold or silver, but now you can have a currency that's backed by gold and silver because they removed that language for some reason from the US code. This is huge. This is a huge thing that nobody's really talking about, but it it paves the way for our currency to now have, have meaning, to have accountability, to have transparency and to be backed by something that will actually give it value
0: that that's right kirk and you know you and i have talked about this as well we have iso 2022 coming to effect november 22nd jfk anniversary of his assassination date iso 2022 is the international standards basically what this does is this is going to implement various new currencies cryptocurrencies blockchains into the protocol, we expect that there might be this financial collapse in between them when the Great Reset actually happens. And then I know from an insider, one of my good friends um, is directly related to the lead developer. He came from Coinbase. He was one of the founders of Coinbase. And now he's working for the Federal Reserve and the Department of Treasury, helping them build the U.S. digital Dollar, And he said back in June, you have less than six months left of your dollar. In January, they are going full CBDC implementation. And so we could be seeing this gold-backed currency being in this actual digital currency.
2: Well, I think moving forward, I mean, so you have to look at what, what the globalists are saying, right? doesn't mean you have to agree with them. But if you listen to them, they're not hiding this anymore. So about two months ago, Pippa Malmgren at the World Government Forum in Abu Dhabi said that, w- that, that the era of central banks printing fiat money is, is ending. And what's upon us is a central bank digital currency. So what does that mean? It means that currency as we know it printed by fiat just out of thin air is, is going away. And what it's gonna be exchanged with is a digital currency like a cryptocurrency, right? That's, that's the language that everybody would understand, except issued by central government. So, so the central bank, if they issue cryptocurrency, it's not decentralized like Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything like that, it's centralized. So when it's decentralized, there's privacy of transactions. When it's centralized, it's the opposite. They know everything about everything. There's clarity of transactions. They know the source of all funds from transaction to transaction. This is George Orwell's 1984 living and breathing right underneath our nose. So a central bank digital currency is not cryptocurrency as we know it. It's a cryptocurrency. It's a digital money, but it eliminates all of our freedoms overnight. And so this is what the Great Reset wants, right? It's elimination of freedom. It's, it's population control. It's its um, us being subservient to the government for all of our needs and them knowing what we spend money on. And if they don't like it, they can shut it off. This is where something like gold and silver, which is still a private transaction, when you take delivery of it, you could bury it in your backyard. You could put it in a gun safe. You could put it in your crawl space. You can do whatever you want with it. But when a currency collapses not every and or changes. It doesn't even need to collapse. Just needs to change. Not every merchant on on Main Street America is going to like that, and they're going to say we're not taking the new currency, right? So you better have something that you can use for barter to exchange back and forth to survive if need to. This is this isn't like um, hypothetical type scenarios. This has happened in Venezuela. It's happened in Argentina. It's happened in Greece. It's happened in Cyprus. When a currency collapses, uh, a different market for currency establishes itself overnight. Because markets, stocks, bonds, any kind of currency market doesn't like change. It likes consistency of future expectations. When you have a change in money, that's not consistency of future expectations. Nobody's going to know what happens. See, it's not that long ago, it's only a couple decades ago, that the euro came into ex- existence. Before that, it was the mark, it was the, it was the mm-hmm. um, British pound, it was the French franc, it was all of the, the Dutch guilder, right? All of them had their own currencies, but then they had to go into the euro. Was that a e- peaceful transition? No, it wasn't. The euro stunk for a while until people realized we have no other alternative and they were forced to accept it. But now the poster child for a regionally traded currency is going away too, just like the U.S. dollar is. And everyone's wanting in this populist political movement globally, they're wanting transparency, accountability, truth. They want something that's real. And the central banking system as we know it is anything but that. And that's why it's in its twilight.
0: Yep. And, and you know, no matter what happens moving forth, gold and silver are going to be those those go-tos, those hedges against inflation, as well as the, those, those monetary assets that we're going to have to survive, whether it's a CBDC or whether it's a fiat currency, gold and silver are always going to be there behind them, holding the real intrinsic value.
2: A hundred percent. People want something that's real.
0: So- in addition to it,
2: you know, protecting your freedoms, your personal, political, economic, religious, health freedoms, right? Gold and silver is a private transaction. It does exactly that. But it's growing. I mean, don't take the last three weeks or four weeks of downturn in gold and silver prices as an indication that it's going down. The fundamentals of the markets haven't changed. We still have unsustainable debt, inflationary pressures, change in the interest rate cycle, political chaos, geopolitical conflict, right? Right. Every single one of those causes gold and silver to go up. So when we see a downturn, which is a manipulative move by the central banks and by the, the hedge funds and the big, huge, you know, international money center banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America, City, and so forth, don't think that that's actually a change in trend. That's a, a reduction in prices temporarily, which causes us to say, oh, my word, if I'm going to buy gold and silver, I'm going to do it at a discount rather than yep. paying higher prices. This is the best buying opportunity in this generation for gold and silver. Take advantage of it because moving forward, ask answer this one question in your mind. Do you think government's getting better? Do you think it's getting worse? If you think it's getting worse, then invest in gold and silver because that's when they thrive.
0: Agreed. Kirk, I appreciate your time today, my friend. We're looking forward to having you on the Dark Light show tomorrow as well as talking to you next week again here on Making Sense of the Madness. Appreciate all your insights. We're going to be right back in just a minute with Graham Ledger on more of Making Sense of the Madness. We'll be right back with you.
4: Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate-lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024.
0: Welcome back to Making Sense of the Madness. I am Josh Reed of the Red Pill Project, filling in for Sean Morgan. Graham Ledger, what's up, my friend? How are we doing today, Graham?
5: We're doing well. I I like your Attila the Hun chair, or is that the Darth Vader chair? Either way, uh, (laughs) it looks very authoritative.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, it looks like I'm wearing that cape, right?
5: (laughs) Well, speaking of Attila the Hun, uh, I think we got one uh, in, or maybe uh, several hundred, uh, maybe a few thousand in Washington, D.C. The latest out of the uh, Biden administration, the occupant of the Oval Office right now, Mm -hmm. is just astounding news. And they're going to uh, officially announce on Friday of this week that the so-called public health emergency a.k.a. COVID, uh, is going to be extended. Now, we're, I think we're 30 months uh, into this farce, this attack on wholesale attack on constitutional rights, and here you go. And, and, you know, I think normal Americans, Josh, would be saying, you know, scratching their heads, you know, how can they, number one, how can they get away with this? And number two, uh, what's the reason? And, and that's what we got to dive into here, Right.
0: I, I agree. You know, it, it perplexes me. I was I just traveled across the country. I went to New York State, back to Colorado, um, and I saw zero sick people. Um, I, I met zero sick people. I get back home and I find one person who has COVID, and uh within a day and a half, they were better and magically everybody was on quarantine and out there again. And and right. I think people are waking up to the fact that this is a fraud. What are your thoughts, Graham?
5: Well, we know it's phony. Anybody who's been paying attention at all knows that the PCR tests are a fraud. They cannot differentiate between the normal flu and COVID. So how many of the total cases are just the regular old flu? Well, we don't know the answer to that because the CDC admitted that they cannot parse between COVID and the flu. So the entire number regime is a farce in terms of the aggregate number of cases. But then we also know People you know, fell out of a window. They had COVID. They, they died from COVID kind of nonsense that's going on. You know, People, if, if they're paying attention, it's insulting to our intelligence. And so the farce and the insulting to our intelligence continues out of Washington, D.C. By the way, in answer to the question, how can he get away with this? How can the White House get away with this? This is part of the problem in Washington, D.C., in my opinion, that's got to be corrected. I believe, I'm one of these believers that all executive orders need to be wiped out and the authority so-called, there is no inherent authority, that executive orders from the executive branch uh, need to be outlawed, need to be banned, and there needs to be a constitutional amendment. I don't think the framers of the Constitution ever envisioned the amount of power and the amount of abuse of power that's going on in the White House right now. And this falls under that uh, category, the the so-called public health emergency. One of the things, one of the reasons they want to do this is because a lot of people don't understand that under this health emergency, so-called Medicaid was expanded. So all these millions of people, especially in red states that didn't qualify under Obamacare because the red states said no to expanding Medicaid under Obamacare, all of a sudden they can have Medicaid. And of course it expands in, in the blue states. So there's all these extra people on Medicaid right now, ostensibly because of this health uh, emergency, also the food stamp requirement that you go out and work or, or at least look for work, that has been eliminated under this so-called health emergency. So you have millions of what, Josh? Voters, voters who are gonna be voting in what? Let's see, I gotta check my sundial here, in about uh, four months. Four months mm-hmm. we have this thing called an election, right? And so uh, if you're looking into the future, uh, not too distant future, you want to make these people happy if you're Marxist. And so that's exactly what they do. But they're also obviously doing this to control the people. What is COVID all about? It's all about control. We know this. And it's all about attacking our God-given constitutional rights and chipping away at them. In the meantime, by the way, it should be noted in Los Angeles, you're not going to believe this. I don't know if you traveled to Los Angeles, Josh. I haven't, no. but they're going But they're going to reimpose the mask mandate. This is 10 million people. 10 million people. Are, are gonna be told, you, you're out in public, you gotta wear a mask. Now the good news, this is Barbara Farrar. I don't know if you know what this woman looks like, but she mm-hmm. looks like Dr. Death. She is an unelected fourth branch of government, if you will, in, in Los Angeles County. And she is dictating, and I underscore the word dictating to the 10 million people uh, what to do here. Now the good news is there's a sheriff in this county named uh, Alex Villanueva, Who's saying the hell are you, I'm not going to uh, enforce this. But we have to remember, you know, what is it? the crux of all this? The crux is, yes, control, and also, yes, California is the model for what the Marxists want to do nationwide. And California has gone to all paper, all mail-in ballots, and they're going to obviously stick to that under this uh, now health emergency they're going to exploit for the next four months. And, and my prediction, Josh— Is it's not going to be just four months here, but they're going to try and extend this thing another two years and four months as we go into the 2024 election.
0: I agree, Graham. And, you know, we have the uh, the new concerns that they're all talking about, the CDC, the WHO, about the B.A.5 variant, this one that makes you pass out, hyperventilate in the middle of the night. It's causing all types of drama, primarily in, in vaccinated people. But we know that they're going to utilize this as a mechanism to implement maybe restrictions and lockdowns prior to the midterm elections and expand this into the fall. You know, so they're doing the mask mandates in Los Angeles County. We have the White House talking about all this, extending the emergency. What about the rest of the country? What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, what about the rest of the
5: country? We seem to be going about our lives. We seem to be living our lives. We seem to understand that COVID exists uh, and we maybe overreacted. I hope most people realize that now. I was one of the people on record, Josh, uh, in March of 2020 and April of 2020, I was begging businesses, I was begging churches. I was begging people not to buy into this crap. And of course, you know, uh, yours truly was right uh, all along, that it was crap uh, all along. We know that there's a 99.9% survival rate. Why did they close down the schools? They should have closed down the nursing homes and kept the schools open. We did exactly the opposite of what. Uh, we should have done. But I, I, you mentioned the top of the program, the approval rating for uh, Joe Biden dropping down to 33%. I want to touch on that if I can for just a minute here because I am a recovery member of the mainstream media. It's a 12-step process. I'm on step number, I think, 11 and a half. I have my little uh, coin uh, to prove that if you ever want to see it. But um, this, you have to remember the, the relationship between the media and the Marxists in power. Um, think back to the Obama years. There was a point about two years into the Obama administration where he was stumbling and fumbling around. He was not, you know, yeah, they had had they had gone after health care and they had uh, they had won that battle, Obamacare, but it was going to be fought in the courts later on. They knew that. So that uh, that issue was kind of put to to bed for a while. Meantime, Obama was kind of stumbling around and, of course, got shellacked um, in the uh, midterm election and the media wasn't happy and the media uh, pounced on Obama. Remember the media is agenda driven and the agenda is whatever the Marxists are working on uh, at the moment. And so they did the same thing to Obama. So when you see the New York Times and the Washington Post come out with these editorials bashing Joe Biden, don't feel like you've won because you haven't, never let your guard down. All the New York Times and the Washington Post are doing is trying to light a Marxist fire under Joe Biden, hoping that he'll wake up. Now, worst case scenario, yeah, they, they might get uh, another candidate that that won't fall asleep in the middle of the day all the time and won't trip uh, going up to Air Force One. Uh, but what they really want to do is slap some Marxist sense into him. And the, the, the biggest example of this is that you also mentioned the Hunter Biden crack Cocaine video. I, you know, we've all thought this in our mind. Imagine that if that was Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump, one of the Trumps, right? It would be wall to wall coverage. So, this is the greatest ignored story possibly of our lifetime. Why is that? It's the same reason why the mainstream media are covering the January 6th attempt to trash Donald T- Trump and Donald Trump supporters. It's because, in the end, they're all on the same team. And they're all driving toward the same agenda. And this this Marxist utopia that we don't want to live in.
0: I agree. And you know what? To get them there, we have to get through the midterms, which there's these massive threats of voter fraud all over the place. You were just talking about it with the new COVID restrictions, how we're going to go to all mail-in ballots, just like they did in 2020. Um, you know we have reports coming out all over the place. We have resolutions being passed: Arizona, Texas, Wisconsin. Uh, the GOPs basically saying, "Hey, look, we don't, we don't, we're not going with the certification of the 2020 election. Moving forth, we're going to be very vigilant on these elections." We have sheriffs uh, coming out and basically formulating ways to secure our elections more and more. Um, what's going on with Joey Gilbert there in Nevada?
5: Well it's interesting Joey's uh, one of these fighters and literally he's a fighter he's a former prize fighter former uh, professional boxer and he did quite well. He is running for governor in the Silver State against uh, primarily against Joe Lombardo who ostensibly won the Republican nomination. Uh, if you believe the vote counting in Nevada and if you believe the primary, which took place a couple, three weeks ago. But, of course, we know Nevada has legendary corruption, right? Corruption. I mean, they're finding bodies at the bottom of Lake Mead they didn't know existed only because the water has receded so far. But Joey Gilbert is is fairly certain that this legendary corruption is indeed permeating the balloting process as well. Here's an example, roll pick.
6: So we're gonna contest the election for a lot of things. The top ones are gonna be, there's no chain of custody whatsoever on a single ballot. Uh, We watched uh, workers moving uh, ballots and USB drives alone by themselves with no one else getting out of the car. We watched it coming from out of state vehicles. Um, Just didn't make any sense. Election workers that weren't from the same, uh, weren't from anywhere in the state. There's a huge issue with Uh, what do you call it? Signature verification. Mm -hmm. So there was very little done, if any. You can see them on video. They're just scanning the ballot and then throwing it through. Not one time did anybody open it up and look at the signature line and pass it through. The other thing is we have someone on camera uh, saying that the machines are connected to MiFi or Wi-Fi. That same individual goes on to say that they've been counting the early ballots, I mean, the early voting for a week uh, totally uh, unsupervised. So you just they just keep stacking up. Forty four thousand nonpartisans, uh, independents were you know uh, disenfranchised, weren't allowed to vote because of a screw up with the DMV. It just keeps it just keeps going on and on. And so um, these are the reasons that we're going to challenge it.
5: You were also leading in particular Clark County in mail in ballots, early yeah. early voting, and then all of a sudden something shifted.
6: Later? Yeah, so it's actually pretty clear. We've actually got the algorithms. There's three main algorithms and then some smaller algorithms that are operating this whole thing. But when you're winning the early voting and the mainland voting, almost two and three to one in Clark County, and then Election Day it shifts the other way to Joe Lombardo, yeah. there's a big issue.
5: Now, uh, Pennsylvania, of course, Georgia, Michigan... Um, uh, I'd say Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin are the main swing states. But Nevada, if you remember, was a a swing state as well until, of course, Mm -hmm. the votes started uh, pouring in. should be noted that Donald Trump was mentioning uh, many times during his rally in Anchorage over the weekend that Wisconsin's Supreme Court outlawed the drop boxes, the infamous drop boxes that we saw in 2000 Mules uh, being stuffed. So there are some steps in the right direction. They've gone to paper ballots, got rid of the electronic voting machines in several counties in Nevada. And as you mentioned, a few other steps uh, in the right direction. And this is where this country needs to go, really needs to go back. Unless we do the dip the finger in the ink like they do in the Middle East, we need to go back to paper ballots. We need to go back to a single election day. We need to make sure that there's voter ID of some kind. And this needs to be institutionalized, I think cemented, codified in the United States Constitution. And by the way, you can watch the entire interview with Joey Gilbert on the American Media Periscope website.
0: Graham, love your insights. Much appreciated for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're going to see Sean next week on Making Sense of the Badness, but appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. And as a reminder, Joey Gilbert will be on Making Sense of the Badness tomorrow with Sean Morgan. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with Mr. Victor Avila, retired supervisory special agent with the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Homeland Security investigations right after this message.
7: Hydrogen is used by health professionals as a powerful antioxidant and the number one tool to fight inflammation. Studies show therapeutic potential in cancer, diabetes, digestive, and heart issues and essentially every organ and system in the body. This is not medical advice because I'm not your doctor, but if you have any health concerns, I strongly recommend that you learn more about hydrogen. Get educated at holyhydrogen.com and order the best hydrogen generator known to man. Because hydrogen is the smallest molecule in existence, it can pass through the cell membrane and even the blood-brain barrier to clear out inflammation and free radical damage where other antioxidants just can't get to. Visit holyhydrogen.com to see the latest technology that elevates your immune system and fights inflammation. Search their research library to see if hydrogen has a track record for helping a health concern you're dealing with. Make sure to use your special American Media Periscope code, AMP, for $100 off your order. holyhydrogen.com
0: Welcome back to Making Sense of the Madness. I am Josh Reed filling in for Sean Morgan. Mr. Victor Avila served in various HSI field offices and also was assigned in the U.S. Consulate in Suarez, Juarez, and other U.S. embassies located in Spain, Portugal, and Mexico City. Mr. Avila conducted international complex criminal investigations in a wide range of violations, such as human trafficking, smuggling, drug trafficking, financial violations, armed trafficking, commercial fraud, and counterterrorism. While on assignment in Mexico, Special Agent Avila suffered multiple gunshot wounds and survived a violent ambush by the Mexican Los Zetas drug cartel, where special agent Jamie Zapata tragically lost his life. Victor, how are you doing today? And thank you so much for being on Making Sense of the Madness.
8: Thanks for having me, Joshua. Great to be with you.
0: So talk to me a little bit about your, your background, your book, and kind of your thoughts on what's happening there on the Texas border.
8: Boy, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm a retired uh, HSI special agent, as you said, with ICE. Uh, I worked most of my career on the border and on the other side of the border in Mexico. And uh, tragically, that assignment ended with the ambush in 2011 when the Zetas cartel ambushed my partner and I while driving in on a highway in Mexico. And uh, Agent Zapata was tragically killed. I survived uh, by the grace of God after being shot three times And so this this whole border security and uh, immigration, illegal immigration is is personal to me. This is something that uh, is a passion of mine because I want to continue to help and protect the sovereignty of the United States and of the great state of Texas.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So. I was uh, 10 years in the United States military, United States Navy. I was a member of the visit board search and seizure team, and I assisted the Coast Guard lead at law enforcement detachments in South America with uh, narco-terrorism, so human trafficking interdiction and drug trafficking interdiction. So um, I completely understand how important the border wall is and how that acts as a physical deterrent for many Central American and South American countries when those families are prompted to bring their children to North America, United States of America, and they know that there's a big wall in the way, we see what we had under President Donald Trump, that 72% reduction in the rate of human trafficking crossings at the border. And uh, just appreciate your service and thank you so much. And it's uh, tragic that you lost your partner and that you guys, that happened to you all. Um, I I can't even imagine being in that situation. So can you tell me a little bit about the book? Is this what the book is primarily about, is your your, your, uh, experiences in this?
8: Yeah, people, uh, agent, under fire, uh, a murder and manifesto. People learn a little bit more about me and obviously my assignment in, in Mexico. I go into detail of the assignment and the ambush. Uh, and uh, the last part of what I refer to as a manifesto is um, everything that I know about border security and my expertise because uh, I was starting to get referred to as the agent that survived that agent that was shot, but uh, I'm a subject matter expert in human trafficking investigations, Hmm. and I know the border, and I know it well, and so I wanted to write about the wall, sanctuary cities, asylum, uh, designating the cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. You're going to get a lot of that, and you think, I wrote this book yesterday, uh, how relevant it is today.
0: All right, and I think we got a short video of you on the border. Let's go ahead and roll that.
8: I'm out in the far, far east, Hudspeth
6: County, past Sierra Blanca, Texas, I'm standing on the Rio Grande River. This is a very, very high, high
8: risk area where the cartel is sending numerous amounts of people, not just illegal aliens, criminal aliens, drug traffickers, backpackers, you name it. We just passed through a, a little fence, we're standing on the river. Tell there's no water a little bit behind me, and then we'll we'll show you the other side. Before thank you to the Hudson County Sheriff for allowing me to come out here and show you the real border and how open it was, and uh, allowing me to uh, fit me out with all their equipment. As you can tell, this is a high, high high risk, and uh, this is what our men and women of the Sheriff's Department in Hudson County and the Border Patrol face every day.
0: You know, it, it, it people are paying attention to Ukraine and Russia and, and wondering why we're sending billions upon billions of dollars of their arms and ammunition and manpower. But yet we have a wide open border that a war is raging on.
8: That is absolutely correct. As a matter of fact, right before I came on, I uh, just read that uh, we send an additional billion or $1.3 billion to Ukraine, but we cannot send the... The resources, and not just the resources uh, like building the wall and a lot of other resources that our Border Patrol needs, but the policy behind it that we know that the decision-making by this administration has dismantled what the previous administration has done, which means this open border that, by the way, is non-humanitarian. People think on the left, well, this is humanitarian cause. If you let everybody in and the globalists and we're not going to have any borders and everybody's going to be fine and dandy. Actually, it's the other way around. You'll have 53 people suffocating the back of a tractor trailer. We have a drowning per day down at the border, uh, uh, people uh, uh, rolling over in vehicle accidents that failed to yield to law enforcement. It's chaotic. That video that I that you just saw was in Hudspeth County, just east of El Paso, and it's wide open. Boy, do I wish there was a wall there, a Trump wall, because it is uh, – I'm very familiar with that area. But before, there was uh, a time where you could go without wearing a double-plated uh, vest on the front and the back and a long gun and a sidearm. But as you notice, Border Patrol is not even down there. This was a Hudspeth County sheriff that took me down there. Border Patrol doesn't even patrol those areas. One, they don't have the personnel to do it. Two, they're all down in the valley processing the illegals that are trained themselves in. And I know we're going to continue to see a little bit of more pictures that I send you of the other area of Eagle Pass, Eagle Pass, Texas, that I've been there for the last couple of weeks, which is completely and utterly out of control and lawlessness is the best way that I could describe it. I attended the press conference, as you can see here, with uh, the mm-hmm. sheriffs that are fed up. These, these border sheriffs, Kenny County, That this was in Brackenville, Texas last week, where they declared an invasion at the county level the uh they've been trying to put a little bit more pressure on our governor to do the same at the state level that would allow the state of Texas then to then take these illegal aliens and not let them in in the first place because they're coming in by the thousands look at the trash that they leave behind that that uh that humvee that you see parked there is just a prop by the national guard there's there's no one there the national guard allow Uh, the aliens to walk up. I witnessed over 150 bodies walk in. And among that trash, guess what you'll find when you look closely in there? You'll see contraceptive pills. You'll see uh, condoms. You see all this unknown medication of all the females that they take in order to avoid pregnancy because they are being raped uh, on the Mexican side. And not necessarily just by the cartels, but by the same men among the group of over 150 different countries. And look at this. Uh, this is incredible that they, they were cheering and happy uh, that they made it to U.S. soil with absolutely no restriction whatsoever. They are disrespecting our constitution, disrespecting our laws and our sovereignty as a nation. Because if uh, the, as as we do this interview, the Mexican the, the president is at the White House. And I'm telling you, they're not having this conversation because if we were if the president was out there right now looking for what's best for the safety and security and national security of this country, he would have Mexico end this today because Mexico is 100 percent complicit and what is happening because the people that are coming from uh, these other countries are also illegally present in Mexico, and Mexico refuses to do anything about it. As a matter of fact, giving them passes to come straight to our border. And I'll give you a, 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 an, an update: last two weeks that I was in Eagle Pass, Texas, I witnessed about four mm-hmm. to five hundred illegals come in. Not one Mexican, not one Central American. All of them from Ecuador, Cuba, Haiti. It was, uh, um, and uh South America, no one. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, the Mexicans and the Central Americans are being smuggled by the cartel. That's why you saw the 53 that died were mostly from Mexico and Central America in the back of that tractor trailer. And you're going to continue to see these horrific uh and hear these stories of the loss of life because the cartels treat them as commodities. We know that it's a dollar sign for them. They continue to make the billions of dollars and use these individuals in a trafficking sense now, both in a sex uh, uh, sexing trafficking, which is my spe- uh, special uh, expertise, where I've seen them take these uh, young girls and children to Chicago, uh, New York, Miami, Houston, and sexually exploit them, but also the men that are exploited to then go to these uh, uh, states all over the country, by the way, Wisconsin, Maryland, Portland, they're going everywhere. And sell the drugs, sell the fentanyl to pay off the debt that they still owe the cartel. The cartel have become the number one human trafficker. And the second one is this administration for allowing to do it.
0: That's right. And, you know, the fentanyl and the meth that's coming over to the borders, you know, the cartels are just the, the mules that are running this. A lot of this fentanyl is actually coming over via Venezuela through China um, we've had massive upbringings of drugs through Central and South America, into Mexico, over the United States border. This has caused hundreds of thousands of deaths in the United States through overdoses. Um, th- this is war. Th- this is a warfare in American soil that's happening right now. It's unconventional. It's utilizing invasion te- techniques. It's using people ages 18 to 25. I know a lot of the people that are coming over the border, some of them are 18 to 25 year old age males that are coming over from other countries. We're even seeing some of Eastern European as well as uh, Indo-Asian descent coming over that border. We're having the drugs flow over. We're having guns and ammunition flow over. You know, wh- what do we need to do, Victor? What-, what needs to be done? What's the solution that we have here?
8: The solution is pretty simple uh, and you could take this complex issue and really uh, the solution is simple and allowing first uh, our Border Patrol to exercise and enforce the laws that we already have uh, that, that were constitutionally, legislatively passed by Congress many, many years ago. We're not allowing them to do that. There's no enforcement whatsoever of any law. But here's the problem: it's not just the border patrolling on the line, it's the department of justice. Because even if the border agent wanted to detain an illegal alien and charge them with eight USC 1325 illegal entry into the country, the Department of Justice to the US Attorney's Office would decline that prosecution. And that's happening over and over and over again. The same way with human smugglers. They'll catch a load, they'll get the driver. But the USA declines that prosecution. Sometimes then Border Patrol will send it over to the state, to these sheriffs for prosecution. And guess what? You have a DA, Soros-funded DA, who also declines prosecution. And we're back at step one. Guess what? The bodies, either some might get returned, but most of them will eventually make it into the country. And I want to add something about the military age males. You're absolutely absolutely correct. I interviewed them from Venezuela last week. And- Mm -hmm not only were there military age males, there were military soldiers from Venezuela. They admitted to me that they were military men, obviously no, no longer active, they're not in that country, but these are trained soldiers. And um, we don't know what they're gonna do. We have no idea, uh, we, they're not completely vetted, and we're allowing them in every corner of our country, they will be in your neck of the woods. And you will feel the effect, if not already. I've spoken to sheriffs in South Dakota, in Montana, where they've seen the cartel yeah. presence or homicides rates go crazy. Uh, the meth that is associated with the crime go out of control in these small towns. They are being affected, and it's all down uh, what's happening at the border. And it's the and it's the administration that's allowing it to happen. They're purposely doing it. It's deliberate. There's
0: no question about it. Yeah. Victor, stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with more Victor Avila here on Making Sense of Madness.
3: The iSat Phone 2 is the latest generation satellite phone designed for the most reliable commercial satellite communications network in the world. The iSat Phone 2 from Inmarsat is ready, reliable, and robust iSat Phone 2 has fast network registration and unrivaled battery life with up to 160 hours of standby time. iSat Phone 2 operates over global geostationary satellites with 99% network availability and reliable call stability and network connection. Engineered to withstand the most extreme conditions, the iSat Phone 2 is dust, splash and shock resistant. The iSat Phone 2 has built-in tracking and assistance buttons and gives notifications even when the antenna is stowed. And with the easy-to-use interface and high-visibility display, the iSat Phone 2 is ready to go. Find out more at InMarsat.com.
0: Victor, I appreciate you joining us today. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening right now in the world. Um, you know, United States is being invaded by a foreign enemy. It's warfare at its finest. We have the potential for Russia moving into Nicaragua, which brings them about 1,500 miles away from the U.S. southern border. We only got a few minutes left, but please give me your thoughts on where really, really what you think this is all headed towards.
8: Uh, absolutely this is a national security public safety issue. Uh, you know, illegal immigration is one way that they're doing it and sending the thousands of people, but it's the bad people that are coming in I'm talking about Russia, I'm talking about China. China as you mentioned earlier, heavy heavy presence in Mexico by providing the cartels with the precursors for the drugs, the fentanyl the meth. Um, they are heavily involved in buying uh, land. In Texas, uh, uh, last year, a Chinese uh, uh, national with ties to the CCP bought 140,000 acres. They, that's right, 140,000 acres near Del Rio, Texas, on the border next to Laughlin Air Force Base. And so they're coming at us from every angle and it's the terrorism, it's the national security of these individuals that we know are coming through the southern border. They're coming through Mexico because we've identified all of them. How many of those have we not identified that have made it through in, uh, undetected into our country? Plus, um, I, I, I do a lot of presentations around the country and I uh, always see the individuals that are already in this country that sympathize with these individuals. And let me tell you, even when I served in Mexico 10 years ago, they were already present there. We call them SIA, Special Interest Aliens. People from mm-hmm. Bangladesh, Somalia, Yemen—they have been in the Middle East. They have been in, and they continue to be there. They have formed and established uh, neighborhoods and and uh, uh, and, and mosques and what you whatever you call it. They're in Mexico, and so now they make it even easier for now. This administration says, "Bring in your people. We'll disguise them. They'll shave their beards. They'll speak the language, and in they come." And we have no idea what those intentions are. So you're absolutely right. The threat is right here, right next to us, not 6,000 miles away. And it's important and it's time that we start paying real attention to this threat.
0: I agree 100%. Victor Avila, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm making sense of the madness. We can't wait to talk to you again and appreciate the hard work, your dedication, the service and your continued service as well. Thank you so much, Victor. Thanks, Joshua. All right. Making sense of the madness. That's what we're doing here. And that is the truth in the matter. Phil Haney, a DHS whistleblower, um, who was, uh, committed suicide, double sh- gunshot wound to the head just a few years ago, warned of exactly this, warned of exactly what Victor is talking about of this U S selling Remember the, the, uh, guns that were being ran by Eric Holder down to the border. Well, this is why. Because they are creating a war in a battle zone here in the United States of America and the border is the first battle. And they are bringing people over in the attempts to invade the United States of America to take away our freedom, our individuality, our sovereignty, our rights and our liberties. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep on exposing it. We're going to keep on fighting it and we're going to save America because in the end God wins. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. I hope you guys have a great day tomorrow. With I'm making the sense of madness with Sean Morgan. Have a great night. I'll to you soon.